Welcome to the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast with your hosts, John Helmkamp, Matthew Betts, and Matt Okada. John Helmkamp, Matthew Betts, Matt Okada, we are back. It is Monday. Happy Monday to everyone driving to work. Uh, maybe you are in the gym pumping some iron. Maybe you're out for a run. Maybe you're doing, I don't know. God knows what. I uh, just hope open? you're not doing whatever Okada's doing. Some states. I just hope you're not doing whatever Okada's doing on the screen. And that leads me right into the, if you're not watching on YouTube, of course you're doing it wrong. Uh, let's check in with the fellas on this fine uh, Friday evening that we are recording this. If there's any news that breaks over the weekend, we apologize. It is not on the show. Boys, how are we? Hot. Same. So hot. I, yeah. If, uh, if we have any massive video lagouts and it seems like we're just not going to have video, I'm probably just going to take my shirt off for the rest of the episode because I'm not feeling it right now. Don't do that. I'll have to hit the um, the explicit button on YouTube. True. When I this. The, the, pants, <laughs> the pants are off, folks. Um, yeah, what can I say? It's uh, late. June in Arizona, it's hot, and my kids don't seem to enjoy sleeping, and everything's going great. You know what, guys? And therefore, you don't get to sleep. True. True. We are <laughs> almost halfway through 2020. Have you considered that? By the time this that release, in fact, when you're listening to this, tomorrow is the last day of the first half of 2020. Yes. You know, that's, that's good, right? And it uh, hey, hasn't been what great. Been? Hasn't been great nope. so far. Uh, no. Here's hoping to a better second half. Just like most yeah, games of the Seattle Seahawks. Ooh. <laughs> Fair point. Um, to be honest, 2020 can suck it. Yeah. Honestly, it's been Straight so X. weird. God, we, we just need football. We need something to bring us happiness this time of year. Fortunately, we are here to do that for you guys. And I just want to give a quick shout out, man. Like, our listeners, they have just been awesome this year. We have yet again set another record in terms of downloads on the show ever in its existence in June. So we love you guys. Thank you so much. We do appreciate all the reviews on Apple Podcasts, uh, interacting with us on social media, et cetera, et cetera. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. And speaking of Apple Podcasts, I just want to give a shout out to one of our listeners, also one of our patrons. This comes in from Reginald476 on Apple Podcasts, he left us a five-star review. He said, this podcast is one that I put above almost any others. With Betts and Okada having special takes, with Betts being a PT and Okada working at the NFL Network, the addition of John adds a bit more color and his own perspective. I'm also a patron because I believe in these guys. It's great to see them ask questions and just discuss what's ever going on. The Slack channel is pretty fantastic. Shout out to Russ. Mm. Uh, He is the man. We really do appreciate you. All right, boys, we're going to get over into the news. There is no news. We're going to get over into our top 12 wide receiver (laughs) rankings on the show. Hey, listeners, if you missed the the top 12 running back ranks, we had that show two shows ago. Last episode was running backs 20, uh, the top 24, so 13 to 24. All sorts of good stuff in there. Of course, Jonathan Taylor. We talked about Miles Sanders' value, Clyde Edwards-Alier's ceiling, all that Mm. good stuff. Is in there, but tonight, fellas, we're on to the pass catchers. It is wide receivers, and we're going to start with a man who, you know, what is there to say? He catches like 600 footballs every year. He literally is a PPR monster. It is Michael Thomas, and he is an absolute stud. What is there to say? I don't know that we really need to discuss him and his upside. Clearly, we've seen it. Where would you rank him overall? I think that's the conversation. Where would you rank him overall in terms of the elite? tier of running backs uh he come he comes right after the elite tier for me so you've got cmc saquon zeke camara and cook if cook is on contract that's the elite five for me after that it's michael thomas Especially i agree in ppr i 100 agree yep i think he if you you know We've talked about this. Where do you want to draft from in redraft leagues? And I think everyone's so psyched about getting a top five or four pick because of those running backs. And I agree. I I think I want that too. But if I get Michael Thomas at five or six as a consolation prize, air quotes, yeah. Gimme, gimme all day. Yeah, Michael Thomas is, uh, 
he and Breeze just have a really, really pretty thing going. And if you're talking redraft, there's none of that concern about dynasty and what's going to happen after Breeze leaves. You're just looking at this year in a vacuum. And this year in a vacuum, they're going to be running it back. Like, it's same old thing. Same song and dance. He's going to be the favorite target on the team. Yes, they have Emmanuel Sanders there, who should see fine wide receiver two numbers. He's not coming in to take away a large market share from Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas is going to do his thing. He's going to cook guys off the line of scrimmage. Um, and Breeze is going to have so much fun targeting him like seven yards downfield on every throw and get the ball into his hands. He's going to be a PPR monster again. Um, he's When you're ranking players, you don't necessarily want like per se, the number one guy. Like, you expect this guy to finish the number one, but when you look at the total range of outcomes, the amount of receptions that he's going to have, it's really hard to think that Michael Thomas's finishes any lower than wide receiver three. Like, that that's... He's in that elite window where someone else might sneak in there with more touchdowns, something like that might end up taking place, but the floor to ceiling of him is, like, the best wide receiver in fantasy football and one of the top three wide receivers in fantasy football. And you love that kind of close window at the top of the chart. Yes. Agree. 100%. 185 targets. The most in the NFL since 2015. Like absolutely <laughs> unreal. You can't insane. really beat that volume. It's insane. It's, it's laughable, right? Like yeah. it's, it's crazy. Um, so obviously no more analysis needed. Dude's a stud. Take him in the first round of your draft. Fellas, I don't have him ranked as number one. And again, this isn't because I wouldn't draft him there necessarily. I have Devontae Adams as my number one. You guys have him at two. And to me, John, you touched on it. It's all about touchdown upside. And what we saw with Devontae Adams last year when he was on the field, obviously, I think it feels like he was a bust last year, quote unquote, because he had the turf toe injury. And of course, when he missed time, it was tough to trust him coming back. He missed four games. But in the games he played in terms of fantasy points per game, Wide receiver five. And uh, part of those you know, production was a game he left early and the games he came back where it kind of started slow. So top five wide receiver is, is the floor. I've got him at one because, you know, we talked about it all, all offseason with this Packers team. Who is the wide receiver two? We we don't know. Aaron Jones. Um, Devontae Adams is going to hmm. absolutely dominate the red zone this year. Absolutely dominate. Uh, that's why I'm going at, at one versus two. Obviously, you guys are in. You've got him at two as well. Actually, I have him. Uh, I mean, okay. you do. John actually has him at three. Oh, did you? You updated it. You have him it at is, three? It's updated, three. yes. Yep. Hashtag refresh them rankings. Okay. Um, <laughs> listen, Devontae Adams. Get that, get that trending on Twitter, man. <laughs> Devontae Adams. Dem rankings. In my Dem. opinion, is, is the only receiver that can realistically unseat Michael Thomas, and I wouldn't be surprised. There are a few other guys that I'm like, I would not be surprised if they're top three receivers. That's great. But it's going to take big, big production, either in the receptions and yards game or the touchdowns game or both. And Devontae Adams has a good chance to challenge Michael Thomas in both those categories because of what you talked about with the lack of other weapons. He's going to get the targets and the receptions like he did two years ago when he had 169 targets and 111 receptions in 15 games. So those numbers would be higher in a full season. But the touchdowns is where it really kicks in because I don't think I don't think there's even too much of a debate that he's probably the highest touchdown upside receiver of this whole group uh, in the entire NFL, really. Possibly the strongest lock for double digit and possibly the best chance at something crazy like 15 where you lock yourself into wide receiver one, ter- the wide receiver one territory based off your touchdown. So I can't judge it at all putting him at two. Uh, or one, it's it's fine either way. Yeah, um, I, I love all of that. He's still in my top three. Um, I love Devontae Adams a, a ton. He's phenomenal. We think he's got a great chance at leading the NFL uh, in receiving touchdowns this year. Um, I think that he probably has that high of an upside I am just growing more and more concerned about this offense kind of as a whole um, in terms of the Matt LaFleur effect and Okada. Oh, you've been listening, John. Me. What? You've been listening when I talk. Yes, I have been slightly. I still love it. I still <laughs> I know that not, he's going to. I have not, if that makes you 
No, I'm I'm not I'm between I'm between the two of you. I'm not on Bet's level of fade every Green Bay Packer ever, and I'm not on Okada saying I've got Devontae at one. Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, except Devontae. So for me, I'm I'm kind of in the middle. I still think that obviously he's gonna command a ridiculous target share. Something north of like twenty seven to roughly thirty percent is absolutely possible in this offense. Um those are like college wide receiver one target share numbers, not normally what you see in the NFL. So I think that could absolutely happen for him. I also see a reality where their total offense is lower than what we've seen in quite a while. And I don't know if he's going to have all the scoring opportunities that we're kind of used to him seeing. So to me, the touchdown volume is what gives him the biggest upside. And if the touchdown volume is slightly lower than we think, Um, I don't know if he makes a run at the number one spot in fantasy football. I still think he's elite. He's absolutely fantastic. He's going to get a ton of targets. And, you know, I think that he's pretty much a lock to be a top five fantasy wide receiver. Um, But I still think it's Michael Thomas's crown right now. Yeah, I will say, too, in terms of the touchdown department, that's that's the only way this happens, it right? It is, yeah. And we have been talking a lot about Aaron Jones and the regression that is inevitably coming. If this offense, I'm not projecting them to be like that good, but if this offense stays the way they were last year, and you just say, okay, who's most likely to benefit from Aaron Jones' regression? It's Aaron Rodgers throwing to Devontae Adams with a back shoulder fade and doing the Lambeau leap. Like, that's what we're going to see a lot this year. So, um Love him, like we said. Wide receiver three. Now, I feel like this is probably not the like the most common thing you'll see in the industry. John has Mr. Tyreek Hill at two above Devontae Adams. Okada and I are at four, so we're right there with you, just a little bit lower. John, I'm going to kick it back to you. Why Tyreek over Devontae? Yeah, I think that Tyreek Hill has proven... Now, listen, he was banged up last year, had multiple injuries, which slowed him down a little bit. But when he was on the field, he was still just doing Tyreek Hill things, which is get the ball into his hands in any way, and he's a threat to house it on every throw. Like... There are so many circumstances where you look at him and there's two safeties over the top that are kind of broken down and have him like boxed into a little hole. And you're like, all right, on any other, like any other wide receiver in the NFL, the play's done right here. Like it was a great throw. It was 20 yards down the field. It's fantastic. Good pickup. Great. But he's the rare talent where it's not done when the ball gets into his hands. Like, on on every play, he has a chance to burst away from whatever defender is close and and house it. I mean, he did that several times. Um, I think he even did it in the Super Bowl, if I remember right, against San Francisco on that kind of weird throw down the left side. He, he the still made play, a guy miss. Yeah. yeah, still made a guy miss where it looked like that play was already fantastic for Pat Mahomes to avoid a sack and get it across his body to the other side of the field and Tyreek kills down there wide open because he's so freaking fast still made another guy miss where normally that play ends for me that kind of rare ability to create um there's not a lot of wide receivers that we've seen that possess that and he's turning into an incredibly well-rounded wide receiver not just a speed guy yes he is turning into a very physical wide receiver he wins contested catches. He can jump incredibly well. Um, his ability in space is uh, unparalleled in the NFL right now. So the complete package that he is with this offense, in my opinion, taking a step forward from where they were last year, which was already elite, but closer to what we saw Pat Mahomes two years ago because we had a Pat Mahomes injury last year. Uh, we had a Tyreek Hill injury last year. Everyone's coming back healthy. You add CEH into the mix, which you talked about in our last podcast. It's, <laughs> as as our good friend Debro would say, it's wheels up on this offense. <laughs> Everything is looking great for them to be the number one offense in fantasy football. And I want the number one wide receiver on the number one offense with the number one quarterback. Um, he's a stud. I think that he is one of only two other wide receivers that could challenge Michael Thomas for the number one spot. All righty. I like the, I don't say bold take, but I like the confidence in telling listeners like, hey, 
this guy deserves to be considered in that tier. For sure. I don't know that, like, I think for me, it's, personally, this is what I see. Mm-hmm. Devontae and and um, Michael, Thomas. Michael Thomas in a tier. I see Tyreek Hill right behind them. But there's a little bit of concern for me with just, we've seen the disappearing acts before. We've seen him come in and dominate for weeks in a row. Last year, wide receiver 3, wide receiver 12, 27, 4-3 over a five-week stretch. Then, 49, 39, 9, 37, 41. That's what Tyreek Hill has been throughout his career. Now, the week-winning upside is there. Any given week, like you said, takes the ball, houses it for 90 yards, and you're doing cartwheels in your living room. Um, That's why I have him a little bit lower. It's just some of the consistency concerns. But what I draft Tyreek Hill on a roster... Hell yeah, I would. <laughs> I want to pair him in some drafts, like in best ball drafts I've done. Like sometimes you can get Julio and Tyreek on the same roster, Devontae Adams and Tyreek. I mean, your wide receiver room is loaded. Back of the Without first. Any thoughts yeah. there um, regards to those? Back of the first, yep. Yep. Um, I mean, I don't hate it at all. I have him at four, so certainly, you know, nothing insane here. And, and let's be fair, he was the wide receiver one two years ago. So it's clearly there. I will say, especially coming from you two CEH maniacs, (laughs) the targets are not necessarily there the way that they were two years ago. Because this team went out and got Mikol Hardman. Was Sammy Watkins there two years ago? I don't think he was. He was in L.A. Where where he was injured a lot? He was still in L.A. No, he... No, was he there? Wait, no, last year. No, no, I'm talking about two years ago. He was there. That's true. He's been there for years. But he was in and out, I think, all year and not really involved. Yeah, he had. Was he a midseason trade? I can't remember. Possibly. I'm going to look that up. We sure. Yeah, go look it up. Confirm for me. (laughs) I don't think so, but. Those two guys now have prominent roles or more prominent roles. Meikle certainly could take another step forward. Um, and now you're adding Mr. Supposed 61 and a half catches CEH. I don't think it's that, but he's I, not gonna, he's I still not gonna think he's going to have a pass. It's going to be 62. Oh, okay. sure. I sure. still think, even <laughs> though I take the under on that, that he'll have probably 40 plus. So, and that's a lot from a new running back. And you also have Damian Williams who can catch the ball out of the backfield. And then of course, we're not even mentioning Travis Kelsey, who's still peak. So I don't know if he's going to have the target share, which to be fair, he can make more out of a low target share than just about anyone. But two years ago when he did finish as a number one wide receiver, he had 137, I want to say, targets. Um, And I don't see him reaching, yeah, 137, 87 catches. I don't really see him reaching that anymore given the additions of talent around him. How many receptions did you say? 87 on 137 targets? So in my yep. opinion, he's gotten better as a wide receiver. I think his catch percentage has been higher than that what we saw two years ago. Which it was two percent higher last year than it was two years ago on an injured season. So if you do this year compared to that, I think there's absolutely a chance that he's five percent higher than he was at a catch percentage two years ago. No chance. Uh, I think no. I think it can happen. <laughs> Get it out of my. Face. There's a chance. No chance. No, I think he's got to read. That would make him one of the highest catch percentage receivers in the league that's not who he is yeah well he's good he can hover um, around 67 no, I, maybe percent but yeah and that also comes to the targets he gets right like yes he is getting more of a shared distribution of targets not from a target share but like short routes intermediate routes deep balls mm-hmm. but he gets a lot of those big explosive mm-hmm. uh, pass receptions and those just aren't as common to hit so his reception total might not ever climb to 87 again. Michael Thomas oh, no Adams level like so you know it's it's good but like you said his yards per reception as his efficiency is really what makes up for it yep, right. at the end of the year he's there in the ranks week to week maybe not we'll see either way love the dude draft him with confidence Sammy did love sign in the offseason by least. the way it was a uh, it was okay. a March a March signing yes yep Yes, love him on the football field. Thank you, Okada. You're welcome. <laughs> wide receiver four is my wide receiver three. He's Okada's three. He's John's five. Julio mm. Jones. This man produces top eight PPR finishes every single season. Fellas, we're talking about a player who's 31. We're talking about Don't a player care. who some people out there are saying is declining <laughs> because he had a reduction in his efficiency metrics last year. Stop talking. That is incorrect. <laughs> Julio Jones is an absolute monster. Catch me outside. He's not going to be overtaken. 
Yeah, he's not going to be overtaken by Calvin Ridley. Get out of here. I like Calvin Ridley as much as the next guy. But people putting those narratives out there are just wrong. Julio deserves to be a top five wide receiver until he's not. The the narrative that Calvin Ridley is the next Chris Godwin is just pissing me off. To no end. <laughs> like I'm seeing it all over the place on Twitter. Godwin next. We, so hold we on are, here. but I just I, I'm the disrespect on my man Julio. Like I don't get it. It drives me absolutely insane. Uh, he's a monster. I had a really tough time not ranking him at four. Four and five here was really kind of split in hairs. Um, but Julio Jones is the most talented wide receiver in the NFL for my money. Like. Pure talent level, it's Julio. I love Julio. Julio deserves to be considered essentially a top five, maybe top eight if you want to lower the bar slightly. Fantasy wide receiver year in and year out until he just isn't anymore. Like, I'm going to make him prove me wrong. I'm never going to try to go early on Julio because he could easily do this for another three seasons. So I'm just, I'm riding Julio until I'm wrong by taking him early. That's that's how it's going to go for me. Word. Yeah, there's no discussion needed. Like, <laughs> good analysis, Okada. This monster. That was great. Um, I mean, it's freaking Julio Jones. It's Julio freaking Jones. Know, exactly. We've talked about a, uh, the backfield a lot, right? With Todd Gurley on our last mm-hmm. episode. There is a range of outcomes where things go absolutely horrifically for this run game. If Gurley can't hold up. Yeah. If Ito Smith can't produce, which he can't produce. If Quadra Allison doesn't produce, he won't, he won't produce. <laughs> if Brian Hill can't produce, he won't, he won't produce. So if it doesn't work for Gurley, I mean, Julio Jones is going to finish as the wide receiver one. Could be. Like that, I it think that's happen. going to happen. Yeah. With the passing, NFC South division, lots of shootouts. We talked about it a ton on the podcast. We don't need to, to hammer that home. But draft Julio, draft him with confidence. And by the way, he's going in the second round of ADP. Like, to me, if I'm going running back at late yeah. one, Getting Julio at the turn is unreal. So, draft the dude. Um, top five till he isn't. Next player on the list, like John brought up in the consistent or in the uh, consensus ranks, is Chris Godwin at five for myself and Okada, four for John. Um, you don't see the Calvin Ridley comps, John, but do you still have full confidence in what we saw last year with Chris Godwin? Yeah, I do. Um, I understand that it's. It's going to be a little bit different because there's no more Jameis Winston where he put them into trouble every single game, and then they had to dig themselves out of it by throwing the ball. So I I know that it's not going to be the same, but Chris Godwin is the wide receiver one on that team. Mike Evans said last offseason that Chris Godwin is the number one wide receiver on that team. He's the best wide receiver on that team at this point. Mike Evans is fantastic in his own right. I love Mike Evans for what he is. He's been an absolute stud in the league. What's it, like five straight thousand-yard seasons, six straight thousand-yard seasons that he's had, something like that? Um, Phenomenal. Like, a great run to start a career. Absolutely great. Um, But Chris Godwin is, in my opinion, a more diverse wide receiver than Mike Evans is. Um, I really love what Chris Godwin brings to the table in terms of variety. I think that he's going to be Tom Brady's best friend. And I think that he's going to get peppered with targets. Mike Evans might see more of kind of the boom bust targets, in my opinion. Um, you know, kind of what you were talking about with Tyree Kill. Some of the lower probability jump ball type type plays. I could see that being more of Mike Evans' role. Mike Evans is going to have a very defined role. It's not just going to be those. He's going to get his target share. Like, don't, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But... Chris Godwin, I think a majority of the time is going to be the number one read, especially on anything that's quick hitting in that offense to get the ball out. Um, I think that his floor is higher than Mike Evans in that offense. I think that he's a bona fide stud and has had proved it last year. Is very good at creating, uh, very good after the catch. Um, he's a beast. It was really tough for me right here between him and Julio. Like, incredibly tough. Um Wow, that's saying a lot. It is saying a lot because I love Julio Jones. I I love Julio. But Chris Godwin, to me, you know, he does have that youth aspect to him on just kind of an overall, you know, the Bruce Arian scheme is really fantastic for wide receivers. It's great for wide receivers. We saw even an aging Larry Fitzgerald put up monster numbers in the Bruce Arian scheme. I expect Chris Godwin to do more of the same. 
I think that he will have more touchdowns than Julio Jones, um, which is going to help his case. Um, but in my opinion, him and Julio are right there kind of neck and neck. If either one of them finishes higher, I'm not going to be disappointed or surprised. They're both very talented wide receivers. I mean, here's the thing, guys. Chris Godwin finishes the wide receiver two last year in half PPR yeah. in only 14 games. True. He that. missed two games. All the other top seven guys played more games than him. And he did it on only 120 targets, which is not that many. Like, we're a little no. concerned about the loss of Winston and the loss of the interceptions turning into big deficits. And we think the Buccaneers are probably going to be better under Tom Fantasy Brady. Goals. Yes, exactly. And so, the, like, the concern that should come out of that is, well, is Chris Godwin's target share gonna, or target's number going to drop? And then, therefore, his fantasy is going to drop. I don't think it will. I, I will project him for more than 120 targets, most likely. I think so. So I did. 140 range so, sounds totally realistic. Yeah, 130, so, somewhere in there. Listen, he is extremely talented. Last year was year three. It was his year three breakout. He's still only 24 and not in his prime. So yep. the only twenty four. That's yes. It, there is a lot of ceiling still to be gained here for Chris Godwin. It is within the realm of possibility that he has a year this year that cements him as one of the best receivers in the league, and we go into next season debating whether he should be the wide receiver one. Absolutely. Oh, that is spicy. No, I totally agree. I mean, it's not like, wrong. That, it's not wrong. I'm just saying, like people. Did. I don't think the general public. I don't think the general public is thinking that mm-hmm. way, but I agree. I think be. that is definitely in the range of outcomes for Godwin. Like you said, man, only, what do you say, 14 games, yep. 86 catches. He's easy over 100 last year, right? Like and it. like that's, yeah, that's a massive, massive season. Obviously, it was a wide receiver too anyway. Obviously, the offense changing with Brady, we don't know exactly. But like you said, I'm betting on talent. I'm betting on him being the go-to guy in terms of targets. And Bruce Arians loves the dude as well. And we talked about it with Julio. Like, if things don't go right in the running game, like, we like Keyshawn Vaughn, don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. but Ronald Jones, we're not the biggest fans of. And there's a range of outcomes where, like, Tom Brady did last year, just had to chuck it over 600 times. So maybe it's not as big of a drop-off as we think. All right, guys, next receiver here in the ranks, DeAndre Hopkins. Guys, if he was on the Texans, he'd be in the top two. Can we agree on that? Probably top, top three, at three at least. Three. Yes. Three. Yeah. Top three. But we have him dropped all the way down at six. Oh, terrible. We're fading him everywhere. Doo doo. No. We are dropping him down to six, and that's across the board. All all three of us. Oh, so, what is there to say? Like he, the talent is undeniable. Obviously, he's with Kyler now in a. I think a better scheme as far as yeah. getting more production from the entire offense, but he and Deshaun Watson were just so locked in. He was the first, second, and third read in, in Houston, True. and now he's going to a quarterback who spreads the ball out to his weapons. He's got Christian Kirk, who we still like. He's got a good pass catching back in Kenyon Drake, and I think that's why I've got him at six, but if you're telling me I end up with like two of these dudes, like Julio and DeAndre Hopkins as my wide receiver one and two, and I go wide receiver, wide receiver, yes. Give me that. I will do that. Uh, fellas, anything more to add to Andre Hopkins here? Is there anything that we are missing in terms of, of things to consider when discussing his rank? Maybe putting him a little bit lower or maybe we're too low on him. What do you think? Um, I mean, I think that the major question mark in the industry and for fantasy drafters is we're finally seeing him go away from a system that he's been a part of for a long time with a quarterback for the last few years who has loved targeting him, and for good reason, and to a scheme now which, while good as an offense, is a bit more spread it out, give it to different guys sort of scheme, is there a chance that you know Hopkins loses targets and therefore loses value? I think yes, technically is the answer to the question, which is why we have him at six, But I think that people need to not overreact and be like, oh my gosh, he's going to have 110, 120 targets now and be bad or drop out of wide receiver one range. This is one of the teams I have done my projections on because I was super curious about the Cardinals and how this all will go. And I still have him slotted for 149 targets. And the fantasy points that comes out of the stats that I gave him was wide receiver six last year. So this is exactly where I think he should be. I think it is... He's not going to be the 180 target, 15 touchdown guy that he could maybe would be in Houston. 
but he's still going to be very, very, very solid, reliable, and have enough upside to be a top-end wide receiver one. So here's the thing about DeAndre Hopkins for me. I think that him and Kyler could absolutely have that chemistry that he and Deshaun Watson had, where Kyler knows. I've got probably one of the like top two set of hands in the entire NFL. It's like him and Julio for me. Yep. Rank them in either order that you want, but those two are in a tier to themselves in terms of hands. I've got one of the top two set of hands in the entire NFL on the outside. When things break down, if I don't necessarily feel like going and getting creamed by a linebacker running eight yards down the field, maybe I should just throw it to Hopkins in some capacity and trust that he's going to catch the football because that's what he does and that's what he's always done. I think they'll get there. Dynasty, that's kind of the thought. Redraft, here's my here's my issue. He could absolutely have 149 targets and slot in right there at the wide receiver six. He could also be going to a new quarterback or a new offense with a young quarterback in an offseason where we're dealing with COVID. And we're not really sure when these two are going to get on the field at the same time. Oh, God, you just look absolutely shook right now. <laughs> I don't know why. I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> just staring at the screen like, did you say something negative about Kyler? <laughs> You really just did that? No, I love Kyler Murray, but it's it's a it's a second year quarterback <laughs> dealing with an offseason like we've never seen in the NFL. Um, everyone yes. thought that Odell Beckham Jr. was going to come over to, to Baker Mayfield last year and it was going to be fantasy gold and he was a top three fantasy wide receiver. That didn't pan out. There is a realistic possibility, and I don't want to say it because I love DeAndre Hopkins and I love Kyler. But there's a realistic possibility that these two struggle to get on the same page early because of COVID and this offseason. We already don't like wide receivers that change teams. Now you're adding in this whole offseason weirdness. And there's a possibility that DeAndre Hopkins could be a like major disappointment in 2020. Like there's a mm. realm of possibility where he's outside the top 16. Like that mm. that could that could Ooh. happen. Mm. I don't necessarily think it will. I'm not gonna put my money on that. Because talent for him, talent for Kyler, pass-friendly scheme, I'm kind of hoping for the best a little bit here with my rankings. He might move down a little bit further in mine because of my concerns about this offseason as a whole, but there's definitely a realistic possibility that he is this year's OBJ from last year. That's interesting. That's a great, I think that's a great comp as far as like the hype that was there and the drafting yeah. of those players but it's a great comp for the direction like, that this could go disappointment aka yes, a bad direction but the distance i don't think could be the same because i think the yeah. players are yeah. all better and the coach is better yeah well yeah and i don't yeah. and i'm not saying that he's going to be a wide receiver like 28 or whatever obj finished as last season but like i said outside the top 16 i could see it happening that wouldn't really mm. surprise me all that much ouch do you guys want to know an absolutely ridiculous stat about DeAndre Hopkins? Sure. I do. He had 150 targets last year. Mm-hmm. That has been the lowest he's had oh, in the past five seasons. He had 172 unreal. or something like that two years ago. The volume was unreal. I also yeah. believe, if I'm not mistaken, that he did not have a single drop, according to PFF, which had never been done on that amount of targets. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I think he hands down has the best hands. I don't think it's even close. I think Julio is a, a more dominant receiver all around, but if just pure hands, I give it to Hopkins. Yeah, he's insane. <laughs> hands oh my god. Damn. Get- <laughs> hey, that's another YouTube one there. You got, if you're not on YouTube for that, you are doing that wrong. For sure. Also on YouTube, you're going to see on the screen the name of the sponsor of today's show. Mm. That is the Fantasy Footballer's Ultimate Draft Kit, the best draft kit in the industry. Listen, guys, you're going to buy it anyway. If you use our link, you're going to save 10%. It's redshirtsudk.com. You have to enter the code redshirts at checkout to get 10% off. Here's what you're going to get for an absolute steal. Rankings, consistency charts, my injury profiles, Matt Harmon's reception perceptions, breakouts, busts, sleepers, ADP, like literally everything you need is in there. So go check it out, man. Ultimate Draft Kit uh, is the place to get that. RedshirtsUDK.com Okada's over here looking like a cartoon (laughs) villain for some reason. Just like, 
I don't know what's yeah. happening right now. Why do I look for plus? I was looking like down at the ticker. What do you? It's below me. <laughs> oh my god! You guys just ruined that read like yeah, no. Scooby Doo villain. I'm what not sure you, what just happened. For the for the record, we made no noise. We just looked like idiots. Sure. No, I know. But if you watch it on YouTube, then you know. <laughs> um, please, listeners, buy the draft kit. Use our code so we can make a little bit of money. So I can hire two new <laughs> podcast hosts. All right. On to on to the next wide receiver, Get fellas. Right. I am so excited to talk about this player. Ooh. John and I are just high fiving, so excited. DJ Moore, wide receiver seven in our ranks, our consensus rank as well. Okada's got him at nine, so we are right there. S- slap the hand for the high five on YouTube. But guys, DJ Moore is a stud. He is an up and coming, I think, star. Yeah. I think we could see people are talking about Calvin Ridley. Like I think DJ Moore could be. <laughs> The Chris Godwin this year. Yeah, DJ like, Moore. I would easily 10 out of 10 times take DJ Moore over Calvin Ridley in a draft. I would do it 11 out and of 10 times. And he's going. So would I. And he's going in the fourth time. round. Oh, my gosh. If you go RB, RB in your draft, DJ Moore in round four, circle it in green, highlight no, no, it in no, yellow, no, whatever no. you got to do. Do not just miss take his him, name. Just take him in the third. Like, don't wait until the fourth. That's a better idea. Just, just go reach yeah. for him in the, like, reach Go take him in the third, a round ahead of his ADP, so the rest of your league mates are sleeping. Yep. I mean, we talked about it with this team, guys, too. Like, defense is going to be horrible. Teddy Bridgewater is going to be able to deliver the ball to him better than the general consensus thinks. We know that the advanced analytics show Teddy is better when he throws quickly. Oh, and by the way, this offense is going to run quickly. So, I think, hands down, (laughs) DJ Moore is a steal (laughs) in fantasy drafts. Uh, uh, wide receiver seven for John and I. John, yeah. what is your rationale there? Uh, question for the two of you, actually. I was raising my hand like a yes. child in high Hit school. Hit me! Hit, Hit me! With your best Hit me! Um, more targets in 2020. Mm-hmm. Chris Godwin or DJ Moore? Mm-hmm. Let me pull up the projections. That is a toughie. I will go... Where can you get the projections, by the way, guys? Uh, that would be on our Patreon bets. That's right. Oh, Patreon.com. That's, right. that's, 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 that's just one of the things you get on there, by the way. Just pointing that out. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I would probably go ahead and take Chris Godwin. Because I think Curtis Samuel is also good. And Christian McCaffrey is obviously Christian McCaffrey. In fact... Yeah, yeah, DJ Moore is going to have more targets than Christian McCaffrey, but Christian McCaffrey might have more targets than Mike Evans, to be perfectly honest. Oh, yeah. And then when you go to the third target for the Bucks, I think Curtis Samuel is probably better than that. Uh, I think I think it's actually a decent chance Ian Thomas gets more targets than Gronk, too. I don't think Gronk's going to dominate in terms of targets. So I think there's a little bit more room there for Godwin. But it's close. I agree. I've got Godwin. Yeah, I've got Godwin at 147. I've got DJ Moore at 138. Okay. That feels decent. So both high-end target share, peppered with target kind of wide receivers, though, is what we're saying. Oh, yeah. yeah. Everything's lining up for DJ Moore in this offense to have the the targets, the ability, the game script positive for wide receivers for him to be locked in as a wide receiver one. Um, I feel like he's one of the younger wide receivers in the league that's kind of taking this like changing of the guard a little bit and stepping into the wide receiver mm. one territory. Like Chris Godwin came in last year, it's DJ Moore. This year is kind of stepping in. Um, Tyreek Hill's already you know planted his flag there firmly in that camp. DJ Moore is a bona fide stud. He's so good after the catch in this offense. It's going to be a little bit like Michael Thomas light, like not the same amount of targets that Michael Thomas gets because Michael Mm. Thomas was the entire offense other than Alvin Kamara. But same division, same theory, quarterback, get the ball to this guy and then let him do stuff with it. That's what they do with Michael Thomas. That's why Michael Thomas led or set a receiving uh, record last year for the number of receptions in a single season. I'm not saying DJ Moore is going to break records. But it's going to be the same theory. Get the ball to DJ Moore. I don't care if it's behind the line of scrimmage or two yards past it. Just get it to him and then let him go to work. I feel like he's locked in there for a reception total in a PPR league. He's firmly, in my opinion, a wide receiver one. Like, it's not even a question. 
the amount of targets that he's going to have is going to going to lead him there. In your standard or your half PPR, it's still there for him. He's going to be one of the best weapons on that offense in red zone opportunities as well. Um, I feel like he's going to become Teddy Bridgewater's new best friend. And I feel like DJ Moore, young up-and-comer, takes that step into wide receiver one territory in 2020. Love it. Um, one thing I was just thinking of while you're talking, John, is there is there a possibility, and it's a low possibility, but is there a possibility that DJ Moore leads the NFL in receptions in 2020? No. Yes. Not a, not even Ooh, not even glad, a little bit. I'm glad I asked that question. Then there is no way that you lead the league in receptions when your running back is setting records in receptions. I'm sorry, it's not possible. How many did CMC have okay. last year? 117, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, which I could check. Okay. How many has check Alvin Kamara had for three years in a row? 81. How much do we think he's going to get this year? We talked about him being over 90. 95. Okay. 116. I, that up. I, I was one off. 116 okay. for McCaffrey. Good for you. Oh, you dude, you researched yeah, for a what job. What an amateur. You That's freaking like, nerd. You got to know that number. <laughs> Come on. That's got to be man. just off the cuff, just straight out. Yeah. But... In my opinion, yes, Christian McCaffrey is a bona fide stud in the receiving department. The amount of targets that Michael Thomas had last year is unsustainable. It was a record. It was a record-breaking year. I feel like the league leader in receptions this year is not going to have the number of receptions that Michael Thomas had last year. You can't expect that. If the league leader this year is going to need 100 and... How many receptions did Michael Thomas have last year with the record? Uh, 100 and uh, 149 149 that sounds correct I feel like I get this one wrong too I know please hold just, just get fired just lose your job uh, yeah I will fire myself 149 yes! 149 we're job. back baby let's He's go back. we're back don't call it a comeback <laughs> um the league leader in receptions this year could very well be in the low to mid 130 range maybe even high 120s if Drew Brees is not uber efficient and targeting him at a record-breaking pace, whatever it's going to be. I feel like there is a realm of possibility. Like, I'm not saying it's going to happen. That's not where I'm going to bet my money. But I feel like that offense is set up to get him the ball all the time. It's him and Christian McCaffrey and then a secondary role for Curtis Samuel. There is a realm yeah. of possibility oh. well, where okay, he hold on. could absolutely get that. Hold up. This offense is meant to get Christian McCaffrey the ball. Sure. That is what this offense is meant to do. And then, oh, look, we also have a good receiver named DJ Moore. Let's get him a good amount of targets. But this this offense is not meant to get DJ Moore the ball. We need to be very clear about that. Unless Christian McCaffrey gets hurt, no possible way. All right. I'm glad I asked that question because I don't know the answer. Do you have a guess? Um, but I was hoping you to. I mean... Obviously, the or answer take is a no. It's probably not going to happen. I'm no, no, no. But you, you asked, is it in the realm of possibility? Yeah. It's in the realm of possibility. Okay. It's like a 4% chance. Yeah. But like, Point 0.4. You know, it, it's, I'm not it's saying it's likely. There. I'm not saying it's likely. <laughs> like, it's the same thing as me saying that I think that Baker Mayfield is going to be the quarterback one this year. Is it in the realm of possibility? Sure. I don't That's think it's more possible, happen. in my opinion. No, no. Yep. DJ Moore is leading the league in reception. Easily. Way more possible. Way more possible than Baker being nope. the quarterback one. I like it. All right, boys. Speaking of Baker Mayfield, let's talk about his wide receiver. Oh, oh. We think we think it's his wide receiver one. Them Some people don't. Though. That's Odell Beckham Jr. That, yeah, what a man. You guys got to give me a raise, <laughs> man. With those <laughs> uh, wide receiver eight in the ranks. That's where Okada's got him. I've got him at nine. John is at 11. Fellas, what is there to say about Odell? The talent is unreal. Injury history is also real. And yeah. last year was a major, major, major issue with injury. You know, played through the sports hernia, which I've been saying a lot. I I believe in the bounce back. I believe in that being a recovery that I feel really strongly about. It tends to have very good results after surgery. It's one that you won't hear me shy away from because the recovery isn't that long. And he's having now nine months to get back. So... I'm in on Odell Beckham from a health perspective this year. I think people are incorrectly identifying him as injury prone. Say what you want. But the dude is a stud in terms of talent. The only real question is, can he mesh with Baker 
in a new offense. New offensive system, I should say, not a new offense. Uh, yeah, that is a fair question. Um, and I think that to John's earlier point of how badly it went for them last year, we I'm going to continue to put the blame on Freddie Kitchens until I see another coach fail. Which, right. let's be fair, yes. it's Cleveland, so there's a very good chance that every coach here is going to fail. But I'm giving Kevin Stefanski the benefit of the doubt. He has helped, uh, or he's been a part of, certainly, and has recently coordinated two of the better receivers in the National Football League, and Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs, both of whom have had crazy good uh, production over different stretches of different seasons. And none of neither of them is as talented as Odell Beckham Jr. And that's saying a lot because they're both very talented. This guy, I mean, listen, if he plays 16 games, he has every ability to be the best wide receiver in the National Football League. Not just for fantasy, in real life. There is no question in my mind that he can be better than Michael Thomas, better than Devontae Adams, better than Julio Jones. He is a freak of a talent. But... We have not been able to see that come to fruition for a number of years now because of the injuries and because of the mess that was Cleveland last year. So I'm going to bet on the talent this year. I do not blame you people if you don't. If you're, because there's a lot going against him. Like, bet started off with what is there to say about Odell Beckham Jr.? There's a heck of a lot to say about Odell Beckham Jr. Because every. Tune into the next episode. Strictly talking about Odell Beckham Jr. for an hour. Every aspect of. What do I need to consider when it comes to ranking a receiver is a big deal with Odell Beckham Jr. The talent is massive. The quarterback is a conundrum. The coach and the system is interesting. The talent around him is very interesting. Is it, you know, does Jarvis Landry make it easier for Odell to thrive compared to the secondary receivers he had in New York? Or is he Jarvis and he's going to get 140 targets and make Odell never be the guy he was supposed to be? There's so many interesting and difficult questions to answer that if you rank him outside your top 12, I will not judge you. And if you rank him at 8, where I have him, which is the highest of any of us, I do not judge you. And I think that there is a huge ceiling and a huge floor. He's really hard to predict. I'm buying in, but you don't, I mean, if you don't want to yeah. draft him, if you don't feel safe about it, don't do it. And I, I that's fine. Of any of the receivers that we've talked about so far, this is the point where we start getting to the place in the rankings where the floor gets low, potentially. Big low. Like, big low. Yes. Like, it could be big low. I agree with you that he is a prodigal talent. Absolutely. OBJ is a stud. Came out, set the world on fire with his one-handed sideline pass interference catch against Dallas on Monday Night Football. Chris Collins, or was it Monday Night or Sunday Night? It was Sunday, right? Because it was Chris Uh, Collinsworth. It was was Collinsworth. It was in the booth. So it was Sunday. So Sunday Night Football makes that catch. Chris Collinsworth is just like losing his mind in the booth about the catch that happened. And all of a sudden, OBJ has arrived. And he's a superstar. And he is a thing. And then we go on all these weird tangents about him proposing to kicking nets. (laughs) And all this just random stuff with his time in New York. They ship him off for... A pick and uh, Olivier Vernon uh, was was the trade. And it was weird and it didn't work for New York. And I don't know really why they did it. Um, you're going to bring in a young quarterback anyways. Why not keep your superstar wide receiver? I digress. So the possibilities are very, very high for OBJ in this offense in Cleveland. Stefanski runs a ton of play action. OBJ is very good when he gets man-to-man coverage, which play action is very good at creating. Um Baker is very, very good on play-action passes, so that marriage could be really good. Last year, before the season, when OBJ came to Cleveland, um, I wrote a piece over on another website about how Baker... How dare you? How dare I? I know. About how good (laughs) Baker Mayfield was in his rookie season on, on deep throws. He was very, very good in his rookie season. OBJ has statistically always been very, very good on that, so I thought that marriage would go very well. Now you pair that with the play-action offense based off of Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, and there's potential for that to be great. My concern, the reason why I have him the lowest is because I don't know that he gets the target total required for him to be a mid-range wide receiver one. He's incredibly talented, and we've seen Adam Thielen be a back-end wide receiver one and Stephon Diggs kind of flirt with those numbers as well. High-end wide receiver two. 
I'm not sure that the target share is there with kind of the ascension that we're seeing from some other wide receivers in the league, like a DJ Moore that I just put above Odo Beckham Jr., which last year, if you asked me, that sounds absolutely mental. But here we are. So, <laughs> facts. So, that's kind of where we're at at this point. I'm not sure that he's going to get the target total to, to lead him into that high-end or mid-range wide receiver one status. Yeah, buddy. Okay. Amari Cooper comes in at nine. Listen, you know, th- this is my fault. I've got him at 10. Okada's at 17. John's at 15. So you guys are in cahoots on this one. And I can't say that I honestly disagree. But I am ranking these players where I think they will be finishing. You can ask me any draft questions you want. And I will tell you, don't draft Amari Cooper. I do not want him on my roster. He is in at 10. I've got him there because I think the fantasy points get him there by the end of the season. But the inconsistency is just a disappearing act. I don't want him on my on my roster. And I'm going to re- update my rankings after this because I can't <laughs> put him at 10 and say Thank that. Thank you. But I think he will still be a top 12, maybe, probably. Maybe, probably. Receiver. I don't know. The conviction I, I is just, real. I just feel gross. I just feel gross about Amari Cooper. and I don't want him on my roster. That's all I got to say. Yeah, I mean, listen. Here's kind of how I look at it. There's a little bit of ranking for what we expect the season to finish at and ranking for what we want drafters to draft by. For me, I'm probably going to rank for why what drafters want to draft by until the day before rankings lock in for Fantasy Pros competitions, yeah. and then I'll switch to the end. But I do not want to draft Amari Cooper. I'm not going to ever get him. Like there, uh, You name a player, any player, and it's probably going to be I would rather draft that player or more likely to draft that Laquan, player at their ADP. Laquan Treadwell. At their ADP, yes. I would draft Laquan <laughs> Treadwell at his ADP, whatever it is, over drafting Amari Cooper hey, at his. Bets, make an Instagram post on that for tomorrow, okay? I'd rather draft Laquan oh, Treadwell than Clip Amari it. Cooper. Done. Facts. Oh, you better believe it's happening. Yeah, I mean, I've talked Absolutely I've talked about is. Cooper quite a bit. I think there's a good chance that Gallup is better than him on his own team. So I'm not interested. I'm not drafting him anywhere. Stay away, people. He's inconsistent. Yep. I don't like him. There's too much talent around him, and he disappears. I don't want him next. He's like a poor man's yep. Tyree Kill, but really poor. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a I think it's a good comp. I think it's a great comp, yeah. actually. Nah, Tyreek doesn't disappear. Uh, as much boys, as on does. to No. And not as hard. Yeah, agreed. Mm-hmm. On to ten. It is Juju Smith Schuster. Mm. Now I don't I don't even have to look. I know that this is way higher than most shows, podcasts, whatever you want to look at. Okada's at 10. I'm at 8. eight. John's at 12. Fellas, Juju Smith-Schuster, if you're comparing anything about Juju and you're mentioning anything from last year, I will immediately turn you off or just mute it or not listen to anything anyone's saying. It's irrelevant. It's irrelevant. Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges were the quarterback. I mean, come on. Juju was injured with a a knee sprain, which I'm not concerned about for this year, by the way. Get out of here, guys. Like, that's not relevant. And when we saw him last on the field with Ben, he was a monster, an absolute monster. He's still so young, up and coming. The best is yet to come for Juju. And if you haven't bought him in Dynasty yet, it's going to be too late yep. come get him, season get him Like, now is the time if you want to buy him. Isn't he younger than DJ Moore? Probably. He's younger than everybody. I th- he's like 12 years I old. I think so. Uh, <laughs> listen. Just graduated high school. Also, yeah. consider this: everybody in the everybody in the fantasy community is freaking out about Deontay Johnson getting super excited and be like, "Oh my gosh, Deontay Johnson yes. might just be better than Juju. He's probably just gonna take over as a wide receiver one in Pittsburgh." First of all, no, <laughs> oh God. get out of my face. Juju is an <laughs> extremely talented receiver. Number two, I literally can't. Literally, ev- <laughs> literally, <laughs> everybody was even. so upset about Juju not being able to produce as a one because AB is lost. That means that if Deontay steps up to be a strong contender on the other side of the field, that's just going to help Juju. There is yep. no way that he takes over and becomes the one. Juju is ex- way too good a receiver for that. But if he does step up, and I think there's a chance he breaks out a little bit, if he does step up, I think that only helps Juju. So I am all in. We are all all in, relatively speaking, at least to the consensus. So as as much as I'm not drafting Cooper at ADP, I'm drafting Juju at ADP. Gimme, gimme, gimme. I figure that you guys would be super, super proud of me to see him in my redraft rankings at 12. 
Yes. Mm-hmm. I like, like it. Yes. I've been low on him all off season, and here I am ascending slightly. I'm lower than the both of you, but he is at 12 for me. Um, Juju is incredibly talented. I do think that the Antonio Brown being opposite to him narrative does have some validity. I, I am kind of in that camp a little bit. But when you start trying to delineate between all the factors that created his trash year last year, Antonio Brown leaves, Big Ben gets hurt, terrible quarterback play, he's got his own injuries. There's so many factors there to sift through. It's tough to kind of separate them out in terms of what's really going on. But the more I look back at who he was two seasons ago um, and thinking about the fact that he's still so young, he still has so much opportunity to grow and increase. Um, I think that everything's lining up better for him this year. I feel better as a fringe wide receiver one than these two guys do. But I do think that Juju is an incredibly talented wide receiver. Um, his ADP is definitely low, uh, making him a really good value. Um, I've got that right in front of me in approximately three seconds. Um, Juju is currently going, where is he going right now? Woo. It's been I have seven I've seen him in like, a, a scr- uh, yeah, wide receiver 13. I've seen him in fourth rounds. Yep. Yeah, wide receiver thirteen behind Adam Thielen, right ahead of Cooper Cup, is where I'm seeing him right now. Um, I feel like he's got the higher ceiling of both of those guys. Um, I like him as a fringe wide receiver one. Yeah, Okada. If we just keep this up, man, we can get John to move up to eleven and then ten. <laughs> well, we the main problem is we're going to get the rest of the industry here. to do it too. So that's right. Right. And this is why I like doing best ball drafts. Like if you're trying to just, I mean, no one's trying to like make a ton of money doing these drafts, but if you're like, all right, I'm going to get a little bit of cash in my pocket. Now's the time to do it. The community is sleeping on Juju and guys like DJ Moore, like we talked about. I mean, the value is insane. So the hype is not built up too much yet. And I think it's going to change once more people start listening to podcasts, et cetera, over the month of July. Is this, so get in there now. Is this the lowest right, that boys, Juju, to, is this the lowest Juju has ever been and probably will be for the next five years? Not has ever because he didn't have his massive season two year two, but will be for yeah. the next probably six years. I would say yes. Agreed. Yep. Number 11, Kenny Galladay. Now, this is going to warrant a little bit of discussion because Okada is hyped mm. about Mr. Kenny G at seven. I have him at 12, so he's still wide receiver one. And then John said, get out of here, Kenny G. <laughs> you are number 16 in my ranks. So, fellas, what's the deal here? I'm in the middle, so I'll let you two duke it out. All right. I mean, I'll kick it off. First of all, you guys know about my Matthew Stafford love, right? He was amazing last year when healthy. Kenny Galladay finished the season with the most touchdowns in the NFL. I don't know if anybody remembers this. Yep. Led all the season in touchdowns. Half of that season, he was playing with less than doo-doo butter. I don't yet have a phrase for whatever their quarterback play was when Stafford was out. Yeah, it was like doo-doo doo-doo. Like at least doo-doo butter is still butter. You know, you can spread it on bread. <laughs> doo-doo doo-doo is just get it out of here. Here's what he was doing with Stafford. All right. His eight game pace with Stafford playing at the beginning of the season was 70 catches, 1,280 yards, 14 touchdowns, 247 half PPR fantasy points. That would have been the wide receiver. Two last season. Stafford doesn't get hurt, and Galladay's on track to be the wide receiver. Two. He is very good. That was his third year. Uh, Earlier, John brought up this new uh, ascension group of young guys, the Godwins, the potentially DJ Moores. For me, Kenny Galladay is more than cemented in that group. I think he has just as much ability and upside as either of those guys. And could be the guy that we look at at like the Devontae Adams of the Lions. Maybe the Devontae Adams of the NFC North once Devontae Adams is gone in two years. Or just right now. Because he would have been ahead of Devontae Adams last year if Matthew Stafford didn't get hurt. So I am all in on him. I have him at seven in case Beth didn't mention that. Which is high, yes. But I don't think it's unusually high at all. Like it it would not surprise me if he was a top five receiver. It would be within the realm of possibility for him to be a top three receiver. Yes, please. 
Mm-hmm. Okada, you might have talked me into moving about my ranks. Do it! I'm just saying. I might do, do it. it. Um, I've got him at 12 just because I get the upside. I think the pace sustainability of that, what we saw last year, might not be his true normal. So I'm just kind of bringing him down a little bit. But do I want Kenny Galladay on my roster? Yes, definitely I want Kenny Galladay on my roster. He's a very good wide receiver. He is up and coming. He's still ascending. And obviously, we're all in on Matthew Stafford as a bounce back this year. So, yep, I, I might move him up to like 11 or, or 10. We'll see. All right. We lost John. All right, I mean. <laughs> He'll be back in a, back in a minute. Let's finish up here at the last wide receiver in the consensus sure. ranks. This is Mr. Mike Evans. Now, we were talking pre-show, and I said, Mike Evans is too low in my ranks. Like, I have to move him up. And I first had him down at like, 19 or something and Okada said do you realize that and I said that's not right so I moved him up to 14 Okada's at uh, 12 John's at 9 guys we talked about this offense already we talked about the different roles that the two players have in Godwin and Mike Evans there's more risk with Mike Evans no doubt but all the dude does is catch a thousand yard seasons and oh by the way he's also a touchdown monster now with this offense you guys think Gronk could potentially take away from Mike Evans in the touchdown department Mm, take away? I don't think so necessarily. I feel like, first of all, they've gotten decent tight end touchdown production out of Cameron Brayton and OJ Howard in recent years. So, yeah, it's not like, you know, they're going from the Cardinals tight end situation to uh, Gronk. And as we've mentioned before, Gronk is not what he was. So Gronk's not a 10 touchdown guy. Is Gronk going to maybe get six, seven or so, yes. Is that going to really blow what Cameron Braid ever did out of the water? Not really. I'm not too concerned about Mike Evans from that, that standpoint. Honestly, if anything, I'm more concerned, and I have him at 12, so the concern is very low. Just a little bit more concerned about the fact that I think concerned. Godwin is a little bit... Air quotes. Yeah, a little bit more fitting of a receiver for Tom Brady. And Evans is maybe... Evans, I think, capitalized off of a very good fit in Jameis Winston to what he did, which is... Hey, Jameis, just throw the ball up, man. It's either going to get picked or I'm going to come down with it. But if I come down with it, it's going to be good. And Jameis was like, all right, bro. And that turned Jameis Winston into what he was. So I like him a lot. I think he's solid. I do have to ask John because Mike Evans is highest for John among the three of us at nine. Chris Godwin, highest among the three of us, is John at four. What is your Tom Brady ranking is what I'm curious about. Yeah, um... Mm. That better be QB1. <laughs> I'm, I'm bummed that my uh, headphones cut out during the Kenny Galladay segment because I wanted to chime in there. So, sorry about that. But, yeah. um, The more I look at it, the more I think about it, the more I see what Tom Brady did with absolute garbage in New England last season. And then I'm surrounding him with these playmakers in Tampa Bay with a Bruce Arian system. Tom Brady looks a hell of a lot like a quarterback one to me for fantasy football in 2020. Um, I don't have that ranking solidified yet. It might be spicy, but I'm starting to think that he has like QB eight ish ability for fantasy football for 2020. Mm. I could, I could see that. I like it. So I I don't think that he's going to be too far off the pace that we saw from, you know, Jameis Winston, Matthew Stafford, those guys last year, just without the picks, like it's going to be less. Yeah. Because Jameis was just YOLOing the ball over all over the yard on every single throw. Um, it's not going to be the same thing, but I think that Tom Brady's going to have the highest touchdown total that he's had in a long time because of the playmakers that he has at his disposal this year. Um, I don't know. If you told me that he gets. 27 touchdowns and throws, you know, six to eight picks. I'd, I'd totally buy that. So I think that he's going to be very serviceable. I think that a lot of people are starting to write him off. I wrote him off early when I heard the news of him going to Tampa Bay. The more I kind of look at things and the more clear of a picture I get of that offense, the more I think that he is set up and this offense is set up for a lot of success. And I think that there's going to be enough to go around for both Godwin and for Evans. Both top nine. Yeah, spicy. I get it. It does... Crispy. Crispy. It does happen from time to time. Um, It would be very interesting to see the same wide receivers repeat the feat with a 
different quarterback in back-to-back seasons. Yeah. That would be very Definitely. interesting. That but really I but I think that if there's a duo that's going to yeah, do it, I think it's there. It's, oh, I think yeah. it's possible. Yeah, Mike Evans, unreal man. In the so first consistent. 6 seasons, the seventh most most receiving yards ever, ever. all time. Like ever. he's probably the elite of Marvin Jones is oh, yeah. un- underrated. No one likes Mike especially Evans. This year. In Dynasty especially, you can get Mike Evans for cheap. Yeah. So, obviously, uh, that is not the case for us because we have him at 12. Guys, good show. Those are the top 12. We're going to be back next episode. That is on Wednesday. That is July, which, holy crap, um, with our our brand new rankings episode, Wide Receivers 13 to 24. If you like what you're hearing, listeners, please drop us a rating and a review in your podcast app. Helps us out a lot. Um, check out Patreon for more content. We have a lot of things coming soon. We also have a lot of things in the works in general for 2020 for our podcast. So um, stay tuned. Big things are happening with Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast. We're back next time. And until then, we're the Red Shirts. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast. Hit us up on Twitter at RedShirtsFFPod and check out our website, RedShirtsFantasyFootball.com.